Hello, I'm Jason Solomons and welcome to Seen Anything Good Lately, the podcast where I ask a well-known figure what they're up to and what they're watching, so you get loads of new ideas on how to spend your entertainment time. And my special guest this week is full of suggestions. Have you seen Criminal? Criminal? Nope, haven't seen that. Criminal is great because Criminal is such a simple remake and it's just the best actors. Sharing her viewing passions with us this week is Skin, the amazing, iconic lead singer from Skunker Nancy, a leading figure in the Britpop era, Glastonbury headliner, masked singer revelation, and now author with a new autobiography out called It Takes Blood and Guts. We'll hear from Skin about all of this and find out if she's seen anything good lately, right after I tell you what I've been watching. I've long been a fan of actor Riz Ahmed. He and I actually went to the same school, though not at the same time, of course. He's enviably younger than I. And Riz is on fire in a new film called Mogul Mowgli. Riz plays Zed, a rapper who is struck down with a debilitating disease just as he was getting his big break to tour Europe with a big US rapper star. He's forced to spend time at home, I think it's in Wembley in North London, and look at his family and look at his family's past and the partition trauma between Pakistan and India and the splits and factions in his own community and own family with idealism and ideologies. Yeah, we'll ask you where you're from. Now, where are you really from? The question seems simple, but the answer's kind of long. Britons are on board, had another cup of tea in that. But where my jeans are from, people don't really MC in that. Now everybody, everywhere, want their country back. This is a very unusual British low-budget indie film, taking us to places previously uncovered by our national cinema, I think, and bringing out all the talents of this terrific actor, his tender vulnerabilities and his fierce charisma, simultaneously. Most of all, as Riz wrote it, along with director Bassam Tariq, uh, Riz's passion and cool intelligence also shine through. It's an intense, punchy film about identity, culture, religion, tradition and new paths. And it's got smart, revealing dialogue and thought-provoking lyrics. Zed might not get to do his big tour, but no doubt about it, this is creator Riz Ahmed's tour de force. You can find Mogul Mowgli on BFI Player. Don't make me smash your melon up. Try throwing a shade of melanin. Bonafide though, I'm seven up. You're too sweet, I put the lemon in. They put their boots on our ground. I'll put my roots in their ground. I spit my truth in this brown. I don't give a fuck about the cash you stack with the crown on your skull. You ain't Basquiat with the Prince of Denmark. Says Eddie Boy, piss on their benchmarks. Two white kids wanna be packs. Brown planet is gonna be that. The man frown, panic, and wanna me out. But I'm out, standing, cause I stand out. And where I was standing is gonna be class. What a shame this lockdown is. There were just a really good bunch of films hitting the big screens and worth getting into the cinemas for. And attendances were really picking up accordingly. 
but they are most of them going online now too and one of them definitely worth catching is relic proving that scary movies aren't just for halloween this is a very clever emotional pretty frightening film and it has a universal resonance i think mainly because although it's a scary movie it's mostly about dementia and caring for our aging parents Emily Mortimer stars as a Melbourne woman, yep, I didn't know she could do the accent either, returning to her mother's house in more remote parts of the country following a phone call that her mum's gone missing. So she travels with her own daughter, played by Bella Heathcote, naturally anxious about her gran, and Gran is played by the renowned Australian stage actress Robin Nevin, who I've never seen before, but she's fantastic here, mixing affectionate glances with this piercing anger, going from a mild irritation that these people have come to look after her in her house to a really distressing confusion. Who is this person? You can see Emily and her daughter thinking, is it a ghost? Has dementia stolen away the spirit of someone so we no longer recognise them? Or is she really possessed? What an awful but brilliant premise for a horror movie. Oh, Jesus! Mum! Mum, what are you doing, Mum? Stop it! Mum! Relic's a very simple film, like the best horrors, and this plays on our notions of family and ghosts and memory, particularly memory loss in this instance, and big, mouldy old houses stuffed with memories and boxes and post-it notes left everywhere. Even while the tension and scary bits ratchet up in the final stages, uh, Natalie Erica James's debut film retains a real heart and builds to some surprisingly emotional moments just where the jumpiest scares might be expected and it peels away layers of feeling and scratches at the guilt and years of resentment as well as revealing deep, deep wells of love. It's very impressively acted, is Relic, and it's moving and disturbing to watch, but I really enjoyed it. Okay, I'll have a couple more recommendations a little bit later in the show, but it's time now to meet my guest for today. She is the remarkable Skin, who shot to fame as the front woman of 90s rock outfit Skunk and Nancy, with hits such as Weak and Hedonism and albums called Stoosh and Post-Orgasmic Chill. Behind the snarling stage persona, there lurked a very different character, one now revealed in a charming Frank autobiography. It's called It Takes Blood and Guts. So let's get to know Skin a little bit better. Let's get under her skin, if you like. Let's find out more what's in her book, It Takes Blood and Guts. Let's find out uh, what she watches and if she's seen anything good lately. So I began by asking her that in writing the book, if she revealed absolutely everything. But I felt like I put enough in there for people to get a very strong sense of what the songs are about, of who I'm about, who I am, and how I got to from A to B to C to Z. I think there's enough in there to tell the story. Oh, God, I think there's loads in there. And I think yeah. it's interesting to me, when I think I've asked you before, like, 
you've written so many songs and performed so often and had so many opportunities on stage to express yourself through many different formats, you know, even on film, for example. But mm. so why, why you felt the need to actually write a book, what, what you hadn't managed to express in song and through your lyrics and through your performances, you, you needed to express more in a book. Because I think what the book does is it talks about things in hindsight. You know, it's the history of a person. It's the stories that made that person who they are. When uh, Lucy O'Brien, um, who I wrote the wrote, wrote book with, is a really good friend of mine, when she first mentioned it, I was a little bit like, oh, you know, not sure about that. So I kind of blanked her for three months. And then more and more, and she said it to me first, and then I, it really kind of dawned on me that more and more, I feel that there's a story being told about what happens with Britpop in the 90s and 90s music that's just not getting told. Mm. Um, we're just seeing a repetition of what it's like to be a kind of floppy-haired, cute white boy in a band. And we're not really hearing the stories of other people who were also equally successful, and I would say a lot more successful, who are not the typical Britpop look. Um, who, those stories are not getting told. And I thought, God, you know, in the way that people didn't even realize uh, Skunk and Nancy performed in Glastonbury, it's because no one's telling our stories. So there was a strong sense of writing for a new kind of musician or writer, somebody who wants to be involved in music. I was kind of writing to that person. Are you talking um, a, a sexual also, orientation? Are you talking racial orientation? No, everybody, everybody. I, I was writing a book from my perspective, um, to, to the kids that are growing up that now, that now, this generation now, that are very interested in what happened then. And I wanted to tell an alternate story to Britpop. But I told him but from the perspective of an out black young gay person that was also having huge success at the time. And I do feel like our stories are not being told. So that was, that was, it was a two pronged thing. And you know, the more I got into it, the more I realized that actually I have done a lot and actually we've done a bunch of new things and there's so much I forgot. I forgot. Even when the book had finished, I remember this whole story about when Playboy tried to get it to be, the, to be in their magazine and I wrote it, but it was just too late for the printing. We just didn't get it there in time. See, now there's another book. Yeah, yeah, we got a sequel. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Did you feel yeah. you do you talk about it in the book? But do you did you feel part of the scene ever? You know, when you were let's yeah. talk about the, the you know the blurs of the oasis, and that they they knew who you were. They tightly, you know, you were part of that, lumped mm. into that movement. Did you feel we part were, of it, or at the time were you ostracized? We were part of the British music scene, but we were not part of Britpop. And if you were um, the way the Britpop was marketed, was not the face. You know, I was not the face of Britpop that, you know, what that they were using to sell Britpop. Um, and I, so I was definitely in a band, we're definitely a huge part of the music scene, a part of the British music scene. But we weren't part of the scene that was the most talked about and the most prominent at the time. And it's kind of like, I don't have a resentment towards those bands. To be honest, I don't really feel that Britpop had a sound. I, I feel from being there at the time that these were all lots of different bands that were lumped together to sell to America, to have great success in America, because America loves having things packaged perfectly for them. That impression that you sort of listed there that people have of you, how far yeah. how far from you is that really though? It's really far. I can, I can understand where people kind of get their, their feelings from. And I do recognize that a lot of people get the impression of me from what's written about me, especially back in those days. Not so much now with social media, but especially back in those days. And, um, and I think it's kind of like this idea of when you 
have a bunch of journalists who are basically all the same that don't know what to do with somebody like me it's very easy to just repeat the cliches you know because they're um, they're in power so their vulnerability doesn't have to be seen they could just reject it or push it to the side listen i think we're going to get to the heart of you in some other way and find out what you watch and and maybe that'll that'll tell us something about you so have you seen anything good lately skin do you, um, do you mean what TV, radio, books? Which yeah, TV. What have we been watching on TV or, or streaming? You know, the, the wonderful thing about being, being um, uh, the, not a wonderful thing, I would say the only silver lining about um, this whole COVID thing is that for the first time in my life, I've had a schedule. So I get up, I work out, I do that. Then I do some other work that I'm supposed to do. And I finish at six o'clock. And then me and my partner cook and we watch Netflix or something like that. So I actually have seen a lot of stuff. What have I seen? I've seen, I like a weird thing. So um, um, I like Ratched. Ratched. Oh yes, Ratched, yes. great. It's also, it's another another Ryan Murphy. He did Hollywood, which- Yeah, he's the king of everything. He's, yeah, he's the king of everything, but it's basically style over substance, let's be honest. It's about how it looks and the fashion and the rooms and the composition and the coloring. And it's just immaculate. Yeah, I almost that's a, I know that, but I, I loved it. I loved the style yeah, and the coloring I and all that. And she, I love her exactly. in it. I know her fashion, so I love her in it. And I think it's wonderful, but it's so dark, which is what Hollywood didn't have. It didn't have that, it had the dark end, underbelly, but it painted it with lovely kind of um, blue, green, rainbow colors. Whereas this one, it's kind of muted, it's dark. It's 1940s, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, like, it's, oh yeah, 47, yeah, 48, it's isn't it? Yeah, kind of post-war, mm. just, yeah. Um, and it's just really dark and nasty, and you don't know where, you, you're kind of like, well, she's clearly got three screws loose. Um, <laughs> and you're thinking, how, where is this going to go? I don't want to talk too much about it and ruin it for everybody, but I love that. And I like things that are kind of um, realistic, but twisted. So yeah. I like that because it's very stylish. Uh, it um, was super stylish. Lefto- yeah, love Leftovers I loved. I know, you see, because... I haven't seen The Leftovers. Tell me about The Leftovers. People, oh, it's, people it's have really just started good. telling me about it. It's got, I, I think it's, I've watched all of the seasons, but it's just basically what happened if half the world just disappeared where they were standing and it becomes not much it doesn't fall into the trap of trying to work out where they are it basically for, does goes in a different direction where it tells it asks people who are you not what happened but who are you and how are you going to deal with this horrendous situation and it's about loss and grief and what people what that drives people to do is it like a ghost um, story i've heard something like this one someone turns no, up at the not, door and they just like stay at the door and they don't move and they don't leave, they don't leave no, your doorstep it, it's not a ghost story no it's it's not about what it's it's not it there was a very easy direction you can go in what happened to these people and the thirst for what happened to them but what happens when you're not told what happens what's happened when you're not given these obvious bits of information you know and i think that's where stranger things went wrong yeah um you know, this whole idea of like, well, it's more about how are you going to deal with the fact that a third of the world's population is gone? I forget the figures. Um, and it's about grief and it's about someone's journey to try and find out what happens and how people change within those circumstances. It's a really beautiful, well-filmed and well-acted study. Where are you and when you're absolutely magnificent. When you're watching them, are you, are you putting yourself in a, are you a sort of person who watches and thinks, oh, if I was directing this, I'd do this. Or are you someone who's like, oh, if I was in this, I'd perform it this way. Or is it? Well, I, I always feel that if you start thinking about the director, something's about, something's lost, then, then they've got something wrong. If you are not in the movie watching it, 
you know, as a person who, um, as a person, as a punter, as a, just an individual yeah. person, not someone who's musical or someone who's written films or some music score, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, for instance, I'm rewatching The Alienist um, yesterday. Um, and there were so many times when I thought, oh, God, they're really dragging that out. They could have cut that bit there. And there were so many parts when I thought, this is, you, I can feel the acting. I can feel that they're acting. Um, I don't know The Alienist that. either. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's good, but it's... Is it, that another Netflix one? You can one? feel the acting. Yeah, it's another Netflix one. You can feel the acting. It's got um, Dakota Fanning in it and uh, Luke Evans. Um, and there's a lot of times where the camera just lingers too long and they're acting and they said, okay, now be like this. And then they've done it. And But I still enjoyed it because it's still twisted and dark and weird. And I still enjoy it. <laughs> where do you, do, where love, do, you do this? Um, when, you, when you watch it, are you watching on a big screen in your, together with your partner? You've got engaged, yeah. didn't you? You're engaged. Yes, I'm engaged. Yeah, I'm engaged. I watch a lot of things on my own and she watches things on her own and we watch things together. Ah. I have a, depending on where we are, I'm one of those, I'm a real techno nerd. So I have the TV with the speaker sound and, and all of those boring things that I think they're amazing. So I have a, basically a movie set up yeah. in the house and it, you feel like you're in a movie, you know, you feel like you're at the cinema because the sound is so juicy um, and you can pick out every word. Um, and so I love, well, sorry, I loved, um, no offense. Have you seen that? I haven't seen no offense. A Manchester detective twosome, threesome, uh, three police people, and it's just that got that gritty underbelly of just like t- it's a police cop show, but it's so much funnier and so much darker. A British and one, so brilliantly acted. Yeah, it's called No Offense. I love that. Um, and I just we just watched the thing about the family in Wales, the, the families where the kids went into like an old building and accidentally blew the building up and it was a tower and it collapsed and all these children died. And that had some of the same actresses as um, No Offence in it. And that was wonderful. And I got it. Wow, you're pushing on about name. things I haven't seen here, Skin. This is amazing. Oh, okay. Have you seen Criminal? criminal nope i haven't seen that oh my god i wonder what i've been doing (laughs) what have you been doing criminal is great because criminal is such a simple remit it's you've literally got um it's about the confession it's about how you get people to confess when they've done crimes and so it's basically the technique of these police officers who are having their their own story as detectives trying to get information and it's just the best actors literally you know, um, Sophia Okokenu, and you've got um, Catherine Tate, and you've got... Oh, wow. All these... It's not Catherine Tate, it's the other lady. I've got her. Well, we love Sophia. She was, she was, she was in Pulling, yeah. And so it's got these really, really amazing actors. Did you recognise? It's got a guy from Doctor Who in it, and you recognise all of the actors, and it's literally just a study about how they get this information out of them, and it's just genius. It's brilliant. There's Where's that one? Is that, a, is that a Netflix as well? Um, no, it's not. That's British, actually. Yeah, That's maybe an British. eye player. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've done. I mean, maybe, maybe I've been watching too many movies because I thought I was doing quite well going on the. Are you? Are you, are you I mean, are you, do you go? Did you used to go to the movies when we could go to? the I movies? love the movies. I watch movies. Watch movies as well. We watch series and we watch movies and we watch documentaries and we watch. We just watch things every evening because I love movies. I love watching movies and I love watching TV. Who decides what and you're normally, watching? We both work on it. We both decide. <laughs> so we compromise. There is there is a kind of movie that she likes to watch, which I do not like to watch. And there's a movie, there's a kind of a style of movie that I love to watch that she's not interested. Well, what's the what's the what's the split? What does she like? She you know? loves Fowder. Oh yeah, um, 
like a yeah, hard just, Mossad. Yeah, like Israeli. Mossad kind of. Yeah, and I have no interest in that. I don't. She also speaks. She's Jewish and she speaks Hebrew, so she understands some language. So she loves it. <laughs> I, and I just have no interest in that kind of Middle Eastern kind of tense drama. It just uh, it's too angsty for me. Is it? Is and um, is it? Is you the same about something like Gomorrah? You know, like the, the the Italian yeah, one of that. Those kind of underground yeah. kind of. I watched the Italian. Yeah, it's very underground and very scary and very kind of close to reality um i haven't watched gomorrah yet actually but i've seen some bits but i haven't watched it was i will watch a movie like hidden figures where i loved and That's she's a... just like oh how no. can you not like hidden figures she doesn't like hidden, hidden figures she thinks it's too schmaltzy really she doesn't like hallmark you know those kinds yeah but of hidden like... figures is much better than that though it's smart and funny I, and listen... beautifully done I took my mum to see it. I've seen it three times. I mean, <laughs> I loved that movie. Um, it's inspirational. It's funny. The performances of Taraji's brilliant in it. It's, everything about it is wonderful, but she doesn't like that kind of... I tried to watch it with her twice, and she was like, both times. I mean, I, I see know. what she's saying, but, NFA. you know, I, but that's what I like about it. It's got, it's got this mainstream kind of... Well, actually, it's telling a vital story. Isn't it? I Catherine Johnson, is that, that right? Catherine Johnson. Yeah. I didn't know about the story either. I didn't know anything about it. Um... So I, um, what else do I watch that I love? Um, I mean, I, I always watch the musical one. So uh, the James Brown one, what happened to Miss Sloan? I watched that one, you know, I watched, let's just, let's just blanket all of the music documentary things I've seen them. So, but the Miss Simone one loved, by Liz Garbus, I love that film, that, that whatever happened to Miss Simone, because right? I thought I knew the Nina story. And I yeah, turns out I so didn't quite know it all. Yeah, so much more information about it. And so much, I mean, Nina Simone was the first record I ever bought. So which um, one? Uh, my baby just cares me. Yeah. Ten inch, um, four songs on it. I love you, Porgy. My baby still cares for me. Little girl blue and love me, leave me, oh. which is one of the best pieces of piano ever. That oh, that is the best piano solo right? ever. Thank, Skin, ever. yes. <laughs> Can we do so, high fives? Yeah. High fives. High <laughs> yeah. fives. You won't believe me, but I love you only I'd rather be lonely than happy with somebody else You So, um, <laughs> what do I like? I mean, I, I just watch a lot Like, I love, um, I love all of it, you see I love the in the dark Denmark, Northern European dramas that are coming out They're just all magnificent The Bridges, so the Borgans Yeah, we meet in the middle there um, We both love Social di- Dilemma We didn't always agree with it but I right. thought it was very, very, very I made my, my things... wife watch that the other day and I knew it would yeah. get her too het up. I knew she'd get too upset and she'd get like furious about it. So I well, try and keep it... her away from those social issue documentaries because she just can't, can't go to bed for about a week afterwards. That's, those, those are things that everyone, that should, be re- that should be on the curriculum for schools, that movie. Didn't agree with all of it, but, you know, I think it's very easy to... You know, after you've been using something to just they stop using social media, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to happen. I've got loads of fans that need to know stuff. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Got the podcast to do. I love things like, I love things like The Two Popes. I thought that was a very interesting study. Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price just going at it. Which is really brilliant uh, study of what's happening there in the Vatican. You can see the repercussions of that now. You can, I can see why he said what he said recently about gay culture. That you know, that's I love that Handmaiden. I thought it was a fantastic movie recently. Yeah, I didn't see the Handmaiden. I think mm. I, I think I missed that one. Oh but, my god! Yeah. yeah, like another very beautifully stylish movie, but 
weird wicked dark tale yes it's, it's a good one we like we like a beautifully shot dark movie that's where we, we and she likes we both like our detective things but so i like action movies and she hates action movies you right know? so you I have like to meet some movies. so you have to meet yeah. someone yeah you'd like a bit of schmaltz in there i like a bit of schmaltz in there but then i like a uh, hard political drama but not as far as Salda. yeah have you seen the trial of the chicago seven yet it's just come up actually yeah. on our screens in Canada. Yeah, I'm gonna see that. I do love um I do love Sasha Bon Karen. I watch Borat. You seen the new Borat? Yeah. 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 I've seen the new Borat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's he, he just he I think he's just a genius actor. He's just very clever, very witty. He knows exactly how to take it up to the line. You know, everyone's like, Well, why did he stop there with Julianne? It's like because he knows he can't go any further. Yeah. And he doesn't want to put his actress in danger. You know? And she was great. I thought so good. So I'd never seen her, never heard of her. I just thought she was amazing. Yeah, Polish, Polish actress. Yeah, she amazing. needed to be as well. But she needed to be unknown because he's so known. Yeah. I thought it was amazing to get yeah. away with. Cause most of the time, everyone knows who Borat is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had to put some other things in the way. Gosh, I mean, you name it. I. What's seen... your if you if you had to like when you were a kid uh, and you talk about you know growing up in in Tulse Hill in South London in Brixton in the in the book. Where, where were you going to the Ritzy? What was the cinema you were going to? What were you watching with your mates? We were going to the Ritzy to to watch um, things like Time Warp because the Ritzy would have these all nighters. Ritzy and Bricks would have these all nighters where they would just show one or two movies, like swap them all night, or just one movie over and over again. So, <laughs> what's that movie? Let's do the time. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky. So yeah, when I was a kid, we saw that and we just throw popcorn at each other all night, and it was really funny. <laughs> Supposed to be um, rice, isn't and, it? Yeah, rice and uh, and do the moves and everything when we were kids. Um, and then we went to what's now the Bricks and Fridge. It used to be the ABC, which is opposite St Matthews, St Matthews and Richardsfield, and that was our main cinema because as long as you paid adult fare, you could go and see an adult movie. So they didn't care how old you were. They didn't care how old you were as long as you paid adult. Fare. <laughs> so we saw everything. You know, we saw everything before it was out. But, you know, in those days, it's not like it is now. You know, there was nothing that scary to us because you could see it was blood. You could see that there were dummies and puppets and nothing was real, you know. Like, um, now, no way I think should people, kids could be letting to see older films. But, you know, in those days, it was just so obvious it wasn't real. And it was kind of funny. All the horror movies were just, like, bad movies. Yes, the, like, the effects movies. were so, yes, yeah, basic. Yeah, movies. It was, you could see it, it was so basic, you could see it, so nothing was ever that scary to me. So what were you, then, you were growing up with like the, the Halloweens and the, and those yeah, ones, or the Exorcists, were, a bit later than that? The Exorcists, a bit later, yeah, I mean, those, they, they were, they, we thought they were hilarious when we were kids. <laughs> we really did think they were hilarious. Yeah, and who were your um, screen icons? Were you, I mean, it's not easy having black uh, heroines on screen, I don't know, Eddie Murphy maybe was, was, was perfect for your time, Richard Pryor was, you know, was there. There weren't many black icons. Comedians, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But Eddie Murphy yeah, then I mean, spread out, didn't he? He was doing, you know, he was doing action films like Beverly Hills Cops. And... Yeah, but he, that was kind of comedy. I wasn't so much into comedy. Um, I mean, we did love uh, uh, more his stand-up when he yeah, was yeah, delirious. Like, yeah, delirious. All that, you know. You look back now, it's like okay, it's aged really badly. <laughs> Has it? It still makes. I think it might still make it's me still, laugh. I haven't listened for a while. I watched it the other day, and I was like, oh yeah this is yeah this hasn't aged well it's pretty homophobic yes that's but, some um, of that 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 sexual posturing is quite out of date isn't yeah, it yeah yeah it's really quite out of date that kind of thing 
Um, but when we were kids, I mean, I was, I loved the movie where Diana Ross played. Um, we saw The Wiz before we saw, you know, Follow the Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, before The Wizard of Oz, you didn't well, know what was yeah, going we on. we saw The Wiz before, the, you know, and then I saw The Wiz of Oz afterwards. But for us, it was <laughs> The Wiz, Michael Jackson. Um, I, I mean, I would say Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, a lot of those black musicians, Bob Marley, you know, yeah. they were, we didn't really have, there weren't very many black people in movies. And then when they were, it was all a bit ridiculous. Um, so black movie culture, obviously we saw those movies, The Wiz and, and anything Eddie Murphy was in. And when Lady Sings and Blues with Diana Ross, oh, yeah. you know, that was wonderful. That performance. She was robbed. Yeah, she was performance. Robbed. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of left Brixton and started studying and I just saw a lot more of other things, you know, and I had a lot, of, I had a, 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 a big catch up time. I, you know, I had to catch up on what everybody else in the world had been watching because my upbringing was so secluded and a bit isolated. So what did you do? You like binged like a, a like a canon of films. You went, right, I'm going to watch a load of French films, I'm going to watch a load of these Italian films. Yeah. Literally, yeah. At university, we just go to the video shop, Blockbuster, <laughs> and we just rent things every night. You know, we just rent movies and rent things. We'd have movie nights, and you know, we just watch. I I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. If I said to you, um, Skin, what's the movie that changed your life? Would you be able to tell me? Gosh, I don't know if there's one movie that changed my life. I mean, I loved when I was a kid. I loved the sound of music, and still do. Really? We still, yeah, we still watch that. My other half loves it too. We still watch that every Christmas and My Fair Lady. Musicals, you know, we, you know, we still watch those things because we love those things. Yeah. They're so silly and over the top. I, do you know what? I love My Fair Lady. I, I, I don't know why I can't stand Sound of Music, even though My Favourite Things is one of my oh, favourite songs, but done by amazing. Al Jarreau or John Coltrane. Sound of Music gets dark, you see. Sound of Music gets really dark halfway through. It's all light and shade and then halfway through it gets very scary. Those Nazis. Those damn Nazis, like <laughs> us all. Um, I, I I would say something like um, when we were kids. Uh, what's the movie that really changed a lot for us? What was the movie about the mods in London? Quadrophenia. Um, Quadrophenia. Like I loved, and that really spoke to me. That movie. I like the music. I like the style. I like the mopeds, which I have one myself. Right. Still, yeah, you're um, still a mopeder. That's right. You go around. Yeah. A classic old 1979 moped I, I run around on. And that's all um, because of, you know, because of Phil Daniels in, the, thank on, in you. that. That's right. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, often... You've got to remember that that look really comes from Yardy black people. You know, it's like the, the Yardy Beatles look is a very Jamaican look. Yeah, that skinhead reggae thing as well, carrying yeah. it on. Fire break your bleeding leg off that. No wonder you wear them big boots, eh? It's the best bike ever made, mate. I got a ton fire about that the other day. Sure. That poxy air dryer in there, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that isn't it, is it? I mean, it isn't the bikes, is it? It's the people, and the people who ride these things are states, third class tickets. Who, <laughs> what? Well, rockers, all that greasy air and dirty club, it's diabolical. I don't give a monkey's assholes about mods and rockers. Underneath, we're all the same, aren't we? That's it. Well, I don't want to be the same as everybody else. That's why I'm a mod, see? I mean, you gotta be somebody, ain't you? Sometimes the movie that changed your life is when you're like 16, 17, maybe like when you're at university that sort of goes, oh, you know, and now I've seen, you know, maybe mm. me reflected on screen. So maybe it's, a, I don't know, a, a, a black actress doing something that you never thought could be done or something that changes the way that you, you know, feel about love or life. Those, 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 those kind of real movies that hit you in the heart at 17 mm. and, and go, right, that's what I want to do. 
from now on you know sometimes i those... never got that from movies i got that from um i got that from music music did that to me more than movies yeah. did if i'm really honest um i gotta tell you a story about i think it's in the book about when judy dench came to our school yes tell me <laughs> judy dench basically was in a shakespearean dance troupe that would go around and perform in schools to school children and she came to our school when i think i was about 13 or 14 that year and they were basically we we're in our big assembly hall and we all sat down on the floor and they performed in the center all dressed in black all in the same thing um with no props just miming and they performed Macbeth. and I'm telling you now, that one thing changed me, you know, especially uh. there was one part when she let out this scream. Uh, she was a she was a witch, one of the Macbethian witches, fair is foul, foul is fair. Um, and that changed me because I, up until that point, had never heard anyone scream apart from getting beat up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to have a soulful spiritual scream of pain of anguish that happens in that i was like whoa and i was a kid that understood Macbeth, so i was enthralled when she came to our school and i understood the whole thing and got it my literature english teacher was always just giving me stuff because she said oh you can read it you get it and i was like yeah i get it you know she loved that and she's my biggest change in my life was her giving me all these Shakespearean books um and that that I would say that performance definitely changed me so thank you Judy Dench yeah I think that's day. that's a, a magnificent choice I did I've seen her I saw her play Cleopatra obviously Anthony Hopkins is Anthony and Anthony Cleopatra wow. uh, at the National Theatre and wow. to this day it's the best performance yeah, I mean, I've ever seen of right? anyone anyone I mean, I of anything every, I, I th oh, if she's in something, I'll always go and see. She's in some great movies. But she's never she's bad, you know, apart from she's Cats. <laughs> she's never bad in anything apart I from never Cats. saw Pat Cats. They're quite bad things that I just didn't even go there with Cats. So I was just like, well, if everybody thinks it's terrible, I'm just going to leave it. Well, you'll probably like it because it's the musical. You know, it's the musical. So you, you'll probably be offended because yeah. it's not the musical. You're. It's never been my favourite music. I don't think it was a great musical no. in the first place. Was I don't it? think it was good in the first place. Exactly. I saw uh, me and my uh, girlfriend, we watched Hair the other day because she's like, you haven't seen Hair. And I was like, oh, it just didn't appeal to me, you know. And I watched it and I was like, this must have been amazing at the time. Yeah. At the time. But some things just age. Like I'm very much if like I like to go and see something in the moment that it's peaking because there's a moment in society and culture that you get it. Like I I went back and watched all the Star Wars stuff because I'd never seen it. And it was too late. I watched it in the 90s. It was too late. Yeah. It was like I knew all the jokes and you and it's just like it's And this is there. the fast, this is the greatest film of all time is a bloody robot and when, a gold person. Yeah, I just was like, Wow, yeah, I missed it. You know. So I think it's good to see music see films in context. What are you feeling time. about I know we might never see these things again because we might never get to the cinema, but Steven Spielberg's remade West Side Story. Which is Yeah, well probably my favourite musical, but I you know, I wonder what he's gonna do yeah. to it, how he's gonna be. I'm worried. I think it'd be fantastic. How can it be bad? It's West Side I, Story, right? Well, it can be bad in many, many ways. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's admit, there's a cacophony of badness that could happen with a remake like that. But I just think that if you make it within the context of how the world is now, I think it's a very, very interesting story. I mean, what's it talk about two different cultures hating on each other? I mean, that's we have that kind of polarization, you know, with, between us and our neighbours now. So uh, done right, it could be brilliant and i think it's well within times and within its 
culture of the movie to for it to be out now. Yeah, if absolutely. And and the, and musically it will still work because all those rhythms are still so totally yeah. great. My favorite is Cabaret. I don't know if you've seen Cabaret. Oh, Cabaret's great. It's yeah, great. Cabaret's a wonderful, wonderful movie. That one never my, my, ages my, for my, me. My favorite's My Fair Lady. Can I have to confess? Why not? It's beautiful. I did like Moulin Rouge though. I like Moulin Rouge sorry. too. Yeah. Love Moulin Rouge. Oh, Skin, we could do this all night. And you've you've now given me loads of things that I've got to go and catch up on. And that's I, good. Yeah, that's good. It's exactly what I asked <laughs> you to come on for. Uh, listen, it takes blood and guts to come and do that. And it's brilliant. And that's your book, which is also brilliant. Really fascinating read. And some great pictures Thank in you. there of you with hair, which is always quite nice. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got hair under your under your beanie hat there. I do, actually, because I'm kind of like seeing this bit of hair. Oh, there's a bit. Yeah. No, because I'm I'm in quarantine before going to another country, so uh, I don't have my hair clippers because when I go to that other country, I've got all my stuff there. So oh, okay, just just not cut my hair for two weeks. It's okay. It's Nobody fine. You got lots of you got lots of films and 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 telly to I'm catch in, up on. I'm in on. the house. Yeah, I'm just yeah. in the house. So you know what? And you also made me want to go and listen to Nina Simone and. Uh... I love me or leave me again and just get that exactly. piano solo going. Skin, yeah. lovely to see you. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much you for coming too. on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. I thought it was fascinating to hear about Nina Simone being Skin's first record there earlier in the interview. That makes so much sense, right? When you see Nina's look and attitude and delivery, you just know where Skin is coming from and has got her inspiration from. Sometimes it's those little clues, those little reveals in an interview that click things into place, isn't it? The book is called It Takes Blood and Guts. It's out now. It's really good fun to read. It's co-written with Lucy O'Brien and published by Simon and Schuster. Lots of people are talking about The Queen's Gambit at the moment on Netflix, so I'm going to have to head towards that just to find out if it's as good as everyone says. I did take a dip into a comedy called Pen 15, so like penis, but Pen 15, a comedy. It's on Sky Comedy. I've been hearing a lot about that, and I have to say, I just didn't get it. It's about two women who imagine themselves back at high school as their teenage selves, but they're playing them as they are now, as adults. So they're surrounded by other kids and they're adults, but they're behaving like kids. I, I just struggled to find a way into it. I didn't see what was funny. So that isn't for me. So that's fine, okay? You can't have everything that you like at the same time. Certainly not in the same household. Actually, my wife didn't get pin 15 either. I didn't get taken with Miss America, despite that fantastic cast of Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson and Rose Byrne as Gloria Steinem. I should have loved it. My wife did, and that was one I left her to finish on her own after two or three episodes I think I checked out. And I think it's okay to have your own things. Certainly as we head into another lockdown... We may well find ourselves in different rooms watching different stuff. I think the first time around we tried to watch as much as we could as a family or as I tried to watch stuff with my wife so we'd have that time together. Uh, but right now I think we need to be okay with splitting up to watch things for sanity's sake. But when you do hit the sweet spot of something you can watch together, it is a joy, isn't it? So we're looking for our new love life which we finished now, that show with Anna Kendrick. Not our own love life. That's not finished, thankfully. Always needs work, though, of course. Want to continue that. So I'll let you know when we find the other little half-hour snippety things that fill in that little gap of love life. Uh, do look out for Wolf Walkers on Apple TV. It may be out during lockdown. I think it's December. I'll, I'll warn you a bit nearer the time. It's a fabulous new Irish animation for all the family. I'll tell you a bit about it nearer the time. Just remind me to do 
so, please. Uh, you can do that by staying in touch through saggle at jasonsolomons.com or leave your review on the podcast platform that you're listening to this through. It helps other people find us. That's what's great about it. And it's really good to know what you're thinking. So you can kind of, you know, get with my vibe. And I'd love to know what you're watching so I can help you discover new things to watch that go with that. Uh, look, look, Baroness KT left a little message. She says, I found this little gem of a podcast while searching for a film review. What great recommendations from an eclectic group of guests. Congratulations, Jason, on a simple formula that really works. Well, that's great to hear, Baroness Katie. I hope you really are a Baroness, by the way, because we like to have friends in high places when we're doing this. So, milady, thank you very much for your review. If you feel the same, post away. Tell your friends that they can join in the cultural conversation and let us know if they've seen anything good lately. I'll see you next week. Mm